<laughs> Thank you, everybody, for joining me here on the High Ground Podcast. Uh, I am super excited because we get to talk Rebels, which is my favorite, um, my favorite Star Wars show personally because it's so damn good. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, I always like to start off by kind of going around and. Uh, you can either tell us, you know, how you got into Star Wars or what brought you to the fandom or just uh, a, a good antidote, you know, anecdote. Um, I like to go in a little circle and for you guys, it's probably different. But for me, uh, it would put Kev up first. So, <laughs> Kev? Well, the, being as I've, uh, I, I'm a frequent flyer on this podcast, I think everybody who's <laughs> Uh, accustomed to your podcast already knows how I got into Star Wars. It's just a family thing for me. Um, so I, I don't know. I really don't have a whole lot to add to that this time. <laughs> other, other than more of the same. Uh, started out in Star Wars at a very young age. My Both my brother and my dad, my whole family, it's just been a generational thing continuing <laughs> passing down. All right. That's fair. Just like the Skywalker Legacy. And then we have uh, Alyssa. Uh, your story? <laughs> oh, right. How I got into Star Wars. I don't really remember because I was like six. <laughs> um, my parents would just turn on the movies for me. I remember like watching The Phantom Menace a lot when I was younger. And then like Lego Star Wars. I was really into that too. Um, and then I kind of got out of it. But then The Force Awakens came out and I was around like 14 years old, I think. 15, 14. And that got me back into it. And then ever since then. I've been back into it. <laughs> Full force. Yeah, I, I love it. And uh, and Pat? Yeah, it, 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 I love Star Wars since before I could remember. I've watched the VHS tapes recorded off of HBO. Um, <laughs> and then it just, it, it kept going from there and then really got into the video. Like, the, I love the Star Wars video games. Though. Like no. Knights of the Old Republic, Rogue Squadron, Shadows of the Empire. Uh, Jedi power battles, where power battles love it so much. Plo Koon, man, uh, for my love of Plo Koon began. So yes. yeah, it's it's just been my whole life. So I love Star Wars. That's awesome. Yeah, I I still every now and then revisit um, Jedi Academy. I think that's that's my favorite Star mm-hmm. Wars game because you just kind of I don't know makes you actually feel like a Jedi. They drop you into the map. You have no idea where to go or what to do. Uh, you can one hit people with a lightsaber, but they could also one hit you. And sometimes you run into a room, you get disintegrated, and it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta spam save a, a lot in that game. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's super cool. But yeah, we're gonna just jump in into uh, to, to Rebels. Personally, I love it, and um, just kind of an overview of like, you know, why why do you you love Rebels? We'll start, Alyssa. <laughs> Me. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Where do I start? Like, I'll start with saying I was one of those people. I was just one of those people that just heard everybody say that it was so bad. So I never even like considered watching it until quarantine because I was watching the Clone Wars and I was like, well, I kind of want to watch Rebels now because why not? (laughs) I'm so mad at everyone because they lied to me. (laughs) <laughs> it's so good <laughs> and it makes me mad because people are like no and i'm like yes it's so good okay i i think for me personally i love when like movies or tv shows have like that family found family concept so like the rebels 
are like a found family. Yeah. Um, they, that makes my heart happy. Um, and I love like the character development, like with the individual characters. So yeah, that's probably it for me. Nice. All right. And, and, uh, and Pat, so Pat came on once before, because uh, I asked him to come on like last minute, but this is the one I really <laughs> want him on to because he was like, yeah. Anyways, go ahead. Go to Pat uh, Rebels. Yeah. Uh, if I remember from a previous podcast, Kevin said he watched them during quarantine. So I'm in the same boat. Like quarantine happened. I'm trapped at home with two, three kids. So I was like, all right, let me run through the Clone Wars. And I was like, well, let me try Rebels out and ended up loving Rebels almost more than the Clone Wars. Yep. Um, they're such a great team. Like, they all are different in their own ways. Um, it, it, and then, like, they all have their own interesting character arcs. And it's it's a fun show to watch. Yeah, it's it's got its, its kitty moments, but the Clone Wars had that too. So mm-hmm. it's, yeah, all shows are like that. Yeah, so yeah it was just, it's, it's, it's just a, a fun show to watch, and it's, it was great. And, and having most of it, some of it spoiled by TikToks with, like, <laughs> this character's death, and I'm like, sorry, it still got me when it happened. Like, no, I knew. <laughs> <laughs> like, even knowing that Kanan was going to die, I was crying before he died because I knew it was alert. coming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was, but it, it, didn't, it didn't matter. It was, it was a great show. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Kevin? Yeah, so uh, regarding the whole like family concept, I think one of the reasons why I love this show so much is is for that reason. It's got that that family driven. And I don't know how many of you guys have ever watched the uh, the TV show Firefly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But Rebels feels like the Firefly of Star Wars to me. It really yeah. does because you have that one yeah. crew, that, that one unit. You got that one crew, that one unit that you follow through all of their adventures rather than a whole bunch of different off, you know, solo missions with, you know, focusing on this person, now focusing on this person. Instead, it's a whole show traveling with one specific unit group caravan. And it, it, so to me, it does. It, it feels like it's like the Firefly of Star Wars. And that's... I. I I love Firefly. It's got a very special place in my heart. <laughs> so taking those two things and putting them into one, I was like, this is my thing. This is my thing. This is it. <laughs> I'll be in my bunk. <laughs> um, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. And I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat. I mean, I, I watched it all live. Um, I didn't get to binge it. Uh, like you lucky bastards. Because <laughs> you guys don't know what it was like to I bet. have to wait yeah. and not know what's going to happen. Um, and like, you know what I mean? Like, like ah- Ahsoka left the Jedi Order and she was gone. And you were just never going to see her again. <laughs> and you had to be on board with that. And it was years later that she showed up in Rebels. And you're like, yeah! Like, you know what I mean? Like, we didn't get to do that in one sitting. It was, it was, it was tough. <laughs> I did. <laughs> Sorry, Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's all good. Um, and we'll, it will, we'll start with, start with Pat. But like, I want to talk about uh, kind of your thoughts on um, kind of mix the next two things of like the design and concept because uh, some people have issues with. The art direction on it we got skinny lightsabers and stuff like that um and it, it's 
you know, like Alyssa said, it did have some initial hate. You know, it's a kid's show and, and all this. Um, you know, what, what are your, your thoughts? <laughs> um, wasn't it most, some of it was based off of um, Ralph McQuarrie's like old yep. drawings, wasn't it? Like yep. they, everybody's like, Ew, look at how Vader looks. It's like, that's how he was originally designed by the art, by, by Ralph McQuarrie. Like you're going to tell Ralph McQuarrie he's wrong. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed the the animation style, the smooth. I mean, you can say the Clone Wars was blocky and angular. Yep. Like, it's, yep. it, it, I don't know why people complain. About, they just want to find something to complain about. Um, and it was like it was a good concept seeing the 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 red the, the the like beginnings of the rebellion and like Mon Mothma still in the Senate and seeing Young Wedge. I was so happy to see Young Wedge. I was like, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I enjoyed it. It, I enjoyed it all the way through. Kiddish moments and serious, like it, it's, it was good. <laughs> and uh, and Kevin, your thoughts on? I mean, I just think I, about your your TikTok on Yoda specifically, where it's like, oh yeah, <laughs> Yoda no, he looks exactly the same. He does. He does. <laughs> I I took the two pictures. I took the picture of the puppet Yoda and Rebels animation Yoda, mm-hmm. and literally layered them over top of each other and faded one into the other. It's the same thing. Yeah. They look exactly the same. Like everybody's like, "Oh, he looks like he's on ketamine." Yes, yeah, so he he looked like he was in the original trilogy too. Like Yoda was never supposed to be cool looking. He was supposed to look like some wrinkly old freaky dude. Like that's that's the point of Yoda. <laughs> but anyways, okay. So I I digress. But yeah, I always I thought. That, at first, I will I will give it this. At first, the animation style was a little jarring to me because I literally did go directly out of finishing the Clone Wars right into it. And at first, I was like, well, this looks different. But it wasn't like a bad different. It was just, a, I have to get used to this. Yeah. And then once I got used to it, like halfway through the first season, I was like, God, this, look at it. It's so colorful and pretty. Like, <laughs> this is great. I don't, why are people complaining about this? And then the same thing with like the skinny lightsabers. I'm like, look at the original trilogy. I, I, I have a TikTok on that too. Literally look at the design of the lightsabers in A New Hope, take some still frames and put them next to still frames and rebels. It's the exact same, exact same. All they were doing was taking it and matching it to the era of time frame when it was supposed to be. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that at all. Uh, and it, it, it's a different art style. Like people have to quit comparing them. Like it has to be the same all the way across the board. Like some It's not the same. How do I know if it's good? And, well, no, <laughs> and, and, yeah. and, you know what? And you know what? I that that extends to resistance too. Even like I know that's not what we're talking about right now, but like I gave resistance shit at first when I first saw it, and then I watched season two and I was like, never mind. This is actually pretty good too. <laughs> <laughs> like season season two fix it, and I, I think that's one thing that a lot of people need to do when they're watching anything Star Wars related is get through to season two. Never judge anything by no, season mm-hmm. one. Never Solid. judge exactly. anything by season yeah. one. I haven't because thought about it just like that, but yeah. <laughs> it's you got You have to wait until season two because season two of every show seems to be what makes it better. Mm-hmm. It, it, Clone Wars included. Season one of Clone Wars wasn't amazing. It wasn't bad, but it wasn't amazing either. 
it was in the second, third, fourth. It was when it started building up and getting better and better. Yeah. Anyways, I could go on for hours. So let's <laughs> let's go ahead and let's go ahead and wrap on to the next point before I digress into it. Yep. Well, <laughs> last but certainly not least, uh, Alyssa, your thoughts on it? <laughs> I mean, they basically said everything that I was thinking. But like, just in general, I hate when people complain about like the art style of shows and they're like I can't watch it because of that I'm like like are you a weakling like why like are you an artist (laughs) like you're 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 not gonna watch a show because it looks different from the other show you just watched like wouldn't you want to like know about the story or like the characters like isn't that more that isn't that the whole point like (laughs) I don't know It, it, it never bothered me like when I started watching it I was like I don't get why people think this is such a big deal. Like, yeah. it's just a cartoon. Like, I don't understand. <laughs> but yeah, basically to, everything that they said is what I was going to say. To add on to add on to that and, and to like kind of finish my point that I never got around to finishing because I went on a tangent. <laughs> the, the, what, I, what I tend to say is that criticizing rebels, specifically like legitimately hating rebels because of the art style is akin to hating the prequels because Anakin said, I don't like sand. Like that's the thing. Like there's, there's (laughs) crap dialogue in the prequels, but that's one element. And if you're hating the entirety of the prequels on that one element, like people have moved past that. So you got to move past critiquing an entire television show based on not being particularly fond of the art style. Exactly. And I, I, I'm, I'm a lot like you in that matter where it's like, that has nothing to do with the substance, you know, and Uh being another visual person or um, I always just think in images, it's like, so it's like, oh, this restaurant's really good. And you're like, oh, I don't like the color scheme, though. Exactly. <laughs> what? Who cares? I don't know. <laughs> um, and also, I, I will say that I honestly had trouble with the Clone Wars art style when it first came out. Because everyone was really, was tall, skinny, and angular. And I thought that was weird, you know? Uh, mm. For me, this Yoda. more like people. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I digress, but, uh, um, all right. So, well, moving forward, I want to know what you think of it. Um, I think I used the, on the, the Rebels, uh, it's effect that it had on Star Wars as a whole for you guys, because it, it touches so many things and sets things up and, um, yeah, we'll just, Let's do its its overall effect, and I also want to hear everyone's favorite character. Um, so I started with Pat last time. So uh, Kev, uh, the effect that it had—I mean, it gave us so much more depth into the original trilogy. Which, me personally, I—I I mean, being a thirty-two-year-old dude, like the original trilogy is what I grew up on anyway, and then the prequels after that, and then the sequels after that. So like the OT is my home. So getting more build up and lead up into that, that's probably one of the main reasons why Rebels hit me where I live was because it, it fell right into what I already loved about Star Wars. And it, it felt like that pacing. It felt like that drive and feel. Um, 
as where as much as I love the Clone Wars, the Clone Wars was paced and felt exactly like what it was supposed to, the era that mm -hmm. it was supposed to, the prequel trilogy. But I, I think the effect that it had for me on Star Wars is now characters that I have known and loved for the entire 30 years of my life, I have even more respect for them because I understand what developments led to them making the decisions that they made or what other characters put influences or stumbling blocks in the way that caused them to have to do what the, the, the yeah. things that they had to do all the way down to the fact that they even you know retconned in that rex was in the <laughs> was in the battle of endor like <laughs> to where they actually said hey see that dude with the beard that used to be uh nick sand <laughs> Yeah, like, uh, guess what? No, that's actually Rex. <laughs> like, we're, we're retconning that. So, like, it had a major effect. They actually went and changed certain elements of, you know, mm -hmm. things that, you know, were legends before. And they're like, no, no, no. Well, you know, that was, that was EU anyway. So this is canon. And this is what we're going to retcon. And you guys have always loved Rex. So now you get to know what really happened to him. <laughs> and <laughs> I dig it. I dig it. And uh, uh, your favorite character? Favorite character. Favorite character, Kanan Jarrus. Without a doubt, Kanan Jarrus. He's in my, he's in my top. So it, you can, we, can, we can share a favorite character, my guy. But uh, he is, he's with it, without a doubt within my top five favorite Jedi to begin with anyway. Um, I love the fact that, like, it, he's just, he's so well-rounded of a character. He's struggling to do all of this himself, yet he, he's kind of got the Obi-Wan vibe, except with no one to lean on. Like, Obi-Wan takes on Anakin before he's ready to take on a Padawan, but Obi-Wan has the wisdom of the Jedi Council to lean on. Kanan doesn't have that. <laughs> Kanan's got nothing but ever, his own <laughs> knowledge and everything he has yeah. to lean on, yet with everything stacked against him, every single obstacle that he has that's setting him up for failure, he perseveres and he, he sticks it out. He has a heart of gold and continues. So yeah, that's without a doubt, Kanan is in my top five favorite Jedi of all time, period, and is probably my absolute favorite character of the show. Beautiful. <laughs> and uh, Alyssa? All right, so effect on Star Wars. Um, honestly, the rebels explains like so much about the force that like mm -hmm. we haven't heard of before like when you watch star wars you know you like you know what the force is but you're you you kind of don't really know everything about it rebels goes so much in depth about it and it made me understand it so much more that's probably all that i have to say on that i yeah. mean what kevin said it it did make me have like a, a lot more respect for the characters that we already knew um, from the movies, but didn't know much about. So that too. Um, and then my favorite character, I have so many, <laughs> um, but <laughs> I'm probably gonna have to say Sabine, um, just for the fact that, and it's funny cause she wasn't my favorite until season three, um, because you don't really know a lot about her until season three. Mm -hmm. Um, and I kind of like how they did that because she's all, she's a very closed off person anyway. Um, so the way that they did that, I thought was really mm -hmm. good. Um, 
And I just think Mandalorians are so cool. It's really interesting to learn about her, like, Mandalorian background and, like, what her arcs are probably my favorite in the whole show, too. Mm. Um, not to mention that if we do get a Rebel sequel, she'll probably be one of the main characters. <laughs> but who knows? Here's looking at you, Dave. <laughs> Here's looking at you, Dave. Please give us one. We want it. Please. <laughs> but yeah, did I miss anything? I think I, I think I got everything. No, yeah, that's that's everything. And Sweet. yeah, I, I, I love I love Sabine so much. And like, like you said, her her arc is so beautiful. Once once we get into it, and the fact that it came so late is perfect because yes. it's not something she's willing to share. And you know, uh, but uh, Pat, um. Like like Kevin said, it it, brid- it bridges the gap between uh, Revenge of the Sith and the OG trilogy, which is what we grew up with. So you get to see like even the small detail of like how they got the Y wings, you know, like, mm-hmm. um, and it it reintrodu- it introduces Thrawn, like yes. one of the yeah. best yes. admirals ever. Like I don't know, like it was so rare to have an alien in the empire. I think that is that that's what it was originally, right? Like he was so great that they had to have him, yeah. even though he was an alien, <laughs> like they were against having aliens in the empire. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a great gap. It's a great bridge between the prequels and the OG trilogy. And that's why it's awesome. And favorite character. I would, I, I'm going to, I would say can't, uh, I'm going to say Kanan. Is my is like Kevin said top five Jedi, but I'm gonna go with uh, Zeb. I'm gonna go with Zeb and um, I'm gonna do kind of a duo, Zeb and Callus. Yeah, um, yes. just their bro- their 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 like bromance that they end up having. Yes. It's very reminiscent of um, like Gimli and Legolas from Lord of the Rings. Yes. Not to go Lord of the oh Rings, but oh my god, yes, it's like that. Like even even um, if you read past the the Return of the King. Gimli and Legolas, like they go to each other's homes, and that, uh, when Zeb takes Callus to Lirasan, that reminded me yeah. of that. I was like, "Oh, that's so awesome! Like that's such a cool, cool thing to have happen." <laughs> and, yeah, just the the evolution of Callus too. Yeah, like, fantastic. I, yeah, because I, like, I like Chewie from the OG trilogy, so Zeb is kind of like a talking Chewie almost. He's like <laughs> just a, a he's he, he's got a heart of gold. Well, he his, doesn't come off his, like that. His, his his character design is literally off of Ralph McQuarrie's original design for what Chewbacca was supposed to look like. Oh, wow. Know? Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> so, yeah, Zeb. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, and if, and if no one did, I was going to mention Callus uh, because uh, in my opinion, he, that's one of the, the greatest redemption arcs mm-hmm. <laughs> in Star Wars. Easily. Just, Agreed. just behind Vader, you know, in, in my opinion. But, um, yeah, it's like like you guys said. It, it did it did so much for for the OG the OG trilogy of setting it up and understanding how these rebels could possibly win. And it's not so much that like the empire is incompetent, but a small army versus the large army. You know, a, a lot of the stuff George Lucas based off of like the Viet Cong is the rebels and they're using these quick hit and run tactics getting in and getting out and getting their supplies and stuff and seeing that strategy and how they were able to develop based off of that to me it was just really cool really really cool and 
my favorite character is uh, right there on Alyssa's shirt. It is Grand Admiral Thrawn. I've always loved Thrawn. Uh, If you're ever curious who my favorite character is, it's usually the smartest person on the show. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Because I just love him as a character because he is so... He is the enemy you don't want to fight because uh, he's just... He's A, so far ahead of you, and B, you have no idea what he wants. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, Ron isn't evil, he, but he's highly successful at whatever he's trying to do, and you can't trick him or break him down. Um, yeah, I, I, I love I love Thrawn, and I highly recommend everyone reads all of the Thrawn books. Yes, that is the can't the uh, Legends Heir to the Empire trilogy, the Thrawn duology. That's Outbound Flight, uh, and then the Canon Thrawn trilogy, as well as the new one that just started, Chaos Rising. Uh, awesome. Recommend all of it. You know, and the fact that he's not part directly of the Empire, right? He's he's an alien that's in the Empire. He's from the Triss Ascendancy. Uh, he has his own separate motivations internally so you really really don't know you know he's doing his charge but you don't you don't know what's underneath that uh but overall every character in the show gets a full arc and it's like it's awesome so let's uh (laughs) let's just just jump into the show (laughs) um so season one a lot of people felt it was a little slow or has had some issues personally uh, I there's a lot of stuff I love from season one, but I don't, I'll get into that. I'm gonna start start with uh, Alyssa. If anything jumps out with season one for you, season one. Let's see. I really like the very last arc where like Kanan gets captured. Um, and I think part of that has to do with the fact that Ahsoka shows up at the end. Because <laughs> that was before I was really attached to the characters. <laughs> so when Ahsoka showed up, I was like. Oh my god. <laughs> no, but I really like Protocol that. Protocol has because... changed. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, exactly. Yes! <laughs> I just I really like that arc because um well, season 1 in general, I feel like gives us a lot of insight about um Kanan and Ezra's um relationship like Master and Padawan, mm-hmm. but like you can uh, you can obviously tell Ezra sees him as like a father. So, and I Honestly, I think we get to see most of that relationship build in season one. So that's what I really like about season one. Yeah. Awesome. And uh, Pat? Uh, season one, I remembered um, where they tried to lure uh, Kanan and Ezra back to with Luminara. Like the, I guess, oh. the bones of Luminara. Um, it... Because it, it showed that Kanan didn't even think he was ready to be a, t- a, a, a master to Ezra. Like, um, he was like, okay, I'm going to, Luminara will be able to teach you better than I can. Um, and even throughout the episode, Kanan does this stuff and Ezra's just like, whoa. Like, he's pulling, he's pulling guns from people. He's pulling guards and clotheslining them and doing all this awesome stuff. And at the end, Ezra's like, I don't need greatness. I need you. So he just gives them that confidence that you can be my master. Like, it was, it was a great episode. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that was probably my favorite part of season one. Absolutely. And uh, Kev? I think one of the more memorable things in season one, it, it, I mean, it was, it was small, 
but it seemed like it was like a jab in the heart kind of thing was uh, in the episode Empire Day when you found out that Ezra was mm -hmm. born on Empire Day. Like, that's his birthday. <laughs> and every year he has to see the reign of the Empire as a remembrance on his birthday. Like, Who, yeah. Who's cutting onions in here, man? That hurts. <laughs> that hurts. Like, he lost everything because of the Empire, yet his birthday is the day that he has to watch Empire Day be celebrated. Like, poor kid. I understand why he's a whiny little brat, man. I would have been pissed off at the world, too. Right. <laughs> yeah. And, well, I just love, he just, because he gives me, like, I don't know if it's uh, his backstory or the hair, but he gives me so much Aladdin vibes. Um, like, yes! Riff Raff. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. Yeah, the first episode is him like, gotta keep one jump ahead. It literally works. It literally works. probably syncs up that song. Uh, that's a great idea, and I'm stealing it. <laughs> there you go. Just tag me in it. <laughs> um, but uh, the thing that really pops out to me is is the very first episode because I, I mean, some people had trouble getting in. I was hooked from the end of the first episode when Kanan is like, "Hey, kid, everyone's gonna know my secret after this," <laughs> and, you're like, and he gets up and walks out, and like he is the first person we see. He's just casually dodging like, <laughs> bolts as he puts his lightsaber together, and you're like, "Oh man, like okay, we gotta do this." <laughs> um, and then also, the Grand Inquisitor is such a cool character, and. Mm -hmm. Um, it was so so menacing, you know. He, we only got him in season one, but um, the way he ended as well. So, I mean, as we all know, season starters and enders are super strong in this show all the way around. <laughs> but like uh, the end of the season, watching when um, Kanan picks up both lightsabers and he's like using the gun thing and. Ezra's like, I didn't even think about doing that. And he <laughs> defeats the Grand Inquisitor, and the Inquisitor's hanging there. And he could surely pull himself up, but he's like, nah, dog. <laughs> Some things are worse than death. And he drops, and you're like, oh, he's talking about Vader, isn't he? <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, it's, I don't know, season one was, was strong, in my opinion. There was a lot of setup, which mm -hmm. some people don't like, but mm -hmm. all of the setup paid off eventually. Uh, which brings us right into season two, starting with with Pat. If uh, what what jumps out at you with season two? Um, what is it? Uh, in the end, Twilight of the Apprentice, the the the, the reintroduction of Maul, yeah. who is now like top Sith. If I had to put a list together, <laughs> just because of the development he got from the Clone Wars and and Rebels, um, you got the the it was it was such a great reintroduction because he he like single-handedly just dismantled three um inquisitors like oh this will i think he says like oh this will be fun <laughs> and he just like that's it and then they just have to like helicopter fly away <laughs> um but yeah it was and then it, ezra slightly you know he, Maul tries to make him his apprentice and you know like keeps i love that he keeps calling him apprentice throughout the whole show too 
instead of just by I, his name. Like, I think one of the funniest parts is that he calls him he calls him my apprentice, and then eventually he concedes and looks at Caden and says, "Our apprentice." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, ah, oh, okay. At least he's meeting you halfway here, Caden. It's character development. <laughs> yeah. But I'd say that. Because you got the the Soka Vader fight, it was it was a great two episodes. Probably the best two episodes of maybe maybe mm-hmm. the show. I don't know. Yeah. Oh God. Uh, yeah, I can write a dissertation on Twilight the Apprentice. <laughs> you can call me Old Master. Like, whew. <laughs> chills. Um, you can call me Jabba. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, Kev, your your thoughts on it. Uh, you know what? Season two, it, like, I'm, I'm looking here at the outline that you sent earlier that shows like, you know, and this outline shows episodes you can skip. And I'm seeing here that it says the lost commanders and relics of the old Republic are skippable. And I'm like, no, they are not. Those nah. are not skippable episodes. <laughs> I did oh, not make this list. I, I <laughs> <you know>. <laughs> <laughs> nice little disclaimer, but no, I figured you didn't make the list. I figured you just sent it out, but yeah, I, I'm sitting there, I'm like, how are those skippable episodes? I, I watched those episodes directly after I watched the season seven finale of Clone Wars, because I was like, <laughs> I was like, I need to go and see some clone, some some of the clones that survived go be happy fishing yes, right now, yes. because <laughs> I need to feel a little bit better and feel something. Yeah. Like, and then just just the whole entirety of you know, towards the end of, you know, that season and everything else, when you actually see them getting back into battle again. And just the, the show as a whole, showing them getting back into the fight of their own choice. Uh, you know, even the line, like, it was worth it because we got to choose. I'm like, oh my God, that hurts my heart. Yes. It's so beautiful because, like, it hurts in a good way. Like, you went out of your own volition like this was what you were bred to do but you made the choice to do it like it, it, it gave me uh, uh eric killmonger vibes you know of <laughs> yes oh my gosh uh, uh Alyssa? um i'm looking at the episode list right now i was also gonna say twilight of the apprentice because i feel like everybody it's one of the best of far none period they're just like the best one of the best um but i also like the first two episodes of season two because that's when you that's when you see ahsoka realizing that well i don't know if she does she realize it's anakin that's darth vader i like she she gets a feeling but doesn't needs confirmation like there's no way there's no way and then he's like the apprentice lives and i'm like oh I just know pain is coming. Um, and then it did. <laughs> at the end. <laughs> but I thought that was really clever how they handled them in season two. <laughs> so that's just the best way I've ever heard that said. And then it did. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, do you think she do you think she chose not to she could have killed him during that fight, yep, yep, but she chose I, to break his mask open just to get confirmation oh, that yeah. it was. Yeah. I've said this before, both in a TikTok and I think on one of these podcasts at one point. <laughs> but yeah, I, he, she absolutely had a kill shot on him. 
the way that I described it before is in the Clone Wars, we saw her decapitate four Mandalorians in one swing. Exactly. With a spinning type motion, it come around, go like that. And she decapitates four Mandalorians with Beskar here to here. She had to hit directly right there. Mm -hmm. So she has that kind of precision and accuracy. And he was completely open like this when she had one saber here and she comes across with the other. Yeah, she could have cut this whole head clean off, but instead just cut his face mask open. That was entirely deliberate. She she oh, could have killed him. No. <laughs> But uh, she, she, I think deep down, you know, she had had those visions and she wanted to confirm that it was Vader, that Vader was Anakin. God, because, yeah, I mean, that, like you said, takes me into that, that first episode where they're reaching out with the force and she feels them and shuts down, mm. you know, like, I, I don't it was, it was powerful. Plus just seeing Vader in that, that Siege of Lothal episode of, he was just a terrifying, like unstoppable object. They crash walkers on him and stuff, and he like tosses them aside. He was about to decapitate Ezra with his own lightsaber. Like <laughs> yeah. that was dark, you know. Um, it's a kid show. <laughs> but I also think about the episode Legacy of the Force. You know, we we have the yes. um, the two Inquisitors who are trying to get the force sensitive kids and i love how we can get a better understanding of uh power creep in star wars <laughs> you know uh ezra has grown a lot and he just got to the point where he can actually fight with these guys not on equal ground but he doesn't die instantly so that's good <laughs> um and kanan is is fighting them close to equal grounds but he they're still winning and then Ahsoka like hops in and just murks both of them. Like, <laughs> like it was, yeah. like it was, it was sad. And, you know, Ezra's, you know, they're like, we have to save Ahsoka. And I was just like, she's doing okay. <laughs> <laughs> she's doing fine. <laughs> and, and of course, you know, she, she throws him down, holds the lightsaber. It's like, you are beaten. And you're like, oh, okay. That's a, that's a thing. Anakin must've said that to her as a kid. <laughs> And, of course, like you said, Twilight of the Apprentice is one of the best Star Wars things of all of Star Wars, in my opinion. And mm -hmm. also, I was going to make a new animated uh, Best Entrances video, but Vader's entrance in that standing on top of his TIE Fighter <laughs> slowly being lowered down yes, so boss. <laughs> yes, it is! I love that scene so much, because you're like... Oh no! It get, it does get worse. Okay, <laughs> he's so dramatic. <laughs> Anakin, Anakin being dramatic? Nah, nah. nah. Never heard of it. <laughs> Never. <laughs> um, all right, so we'll uh, jump into to, to season three. You know, um, let's let's keep it going with what jumps out. I uh, started with Alyssa last time, so Pat, why don't you get us started? Um, I'm gonna go with when. That's when Kane is getting trained by uh, the Bendo, right? Um, the beginning mm -hmm. of the season. Um, it's, it was it was it was so great because it unlocked. I, I feel like it unlocked Kanan's potential yeah. with the Force. Like he the he told him how to how to see without his eyes, which means he had to use the Force better than most 
force users. And he, he just, he made him realize so much about himself. It, it was a great, great couple episodes watching him getting trained. So yeah, I just, I just think, I mean, I, you can do the obvious, the twin sons with Maul and, <laughs> and Kenobi, but I went with the beginning just because it, it, it was great to see Kanan get that teaching that he, that he needed. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, and uh, Kev? Trials of the Dark Saber. Trials of the Dark Saber. Easily. You took mine. <laughs> sorry. I, I, sorry. <laughs> I kind of had a feeling you were going to, and I, I, was, yeah. I, was, hoping, I was hoping he was going to call me first. But uh, yeah, no, Trials of the Dark Saber is easily one of my most favorite arcs, probably in the entirety of the whole show, to be honest. It's, I think it's an underrated arc. Uh, just seeing it, it, not just an underrated arc for Sabine, but an underrated arc for Kanan, because watching how Kanan is able to bring that out of her with his own maturity is brilliant. Like, he pushes her to her limit and then knows when to back off and when to be calm and, and basically just embrace her and say, look, this is who you are. I, it was beautiful, like just the put the whole push and pull of how you know you need that firmness, but you also need compassion. But you need to be firm, but you need compassion. Like it was a perfect dynamic of how to mentor, and I was like, that's that whole arc was just gorgeous. It was fantastic, and seeing Sabine's pain, uh, oof, <laughs> ooh. <laughs> Ouch. I, yeah. I definitely, I, that, that, that episode still makes me cry. Um, Same. Not, not, not quite so much as, not quite so much as Jedi Knight, but it does, it does still make me cry. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, and I love that episode. Uh, oh, well, uh, Element 7's bringing it out how, um, how Hera has to actually step in and kind of teach Kanan how to yep. teach. Like, <laughs> She said, "I'm mom. <laughs> Listen to me." He's like, "But the only tool I have is the stick. Like, no, there's there's carrots, there's sticks. Like, you can <laughs> you can vary this, like, definitely." Um, but uh, yeah, and uh, and Alyssa, your thoughts on it? All right. So, well, season three in general is probably. I always go back and forth between season three and season four, which one is my favorite because they're both so good. And I think the reason why is because Thrawn, doesn't Thrawn get introduced in season three? Yes. Yes. Um, and Thrawn is my favorite villain. But for favorite episode or arc, I definitely have to go with Trials of the Darksaber. It's, I honestly think it's the one episode that got me to love Rebels as much as I do now. Not even Twilight of the Apprentice. But this one, I don't know what it was. It's just the breakdown that Sabine has when she's training made me bawl my eyes out. Not even just because I was sad, just because it had so much emotional impact Mm -hmm. that you would have never expected to get from Sabine at all. It's relatable. It's relatable. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's it's something you can can feel it as... Yes. The way that they wrote that particular scene it throws you into it so hard that you're like oh my god i've been there oh my god yep. i've been there like it's and crazy it's, it's such it's, it's good writing it's good yes. writing it is it is damn good writing <laughs> yes yeah. it's so good and i love the fact that 
I mean, obviously when Kanan trains Ezra, he's using the light side, but when he's training Sabine, he kind of like touches on like the dark side. He kind of gets her to get angry about it because like that's who she is. Oh, it's just so clever. I just love it so much. Uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's tough because it's tough to talk about like a show like this that has so much content in, in such a oh, yeah. short period of time. Like, my mind just went actually back to season two because I didn't mention the honorable ones where we actually get to see Zeb and, and Callus like oh, spend some quality yeah. time in the snow and mm-hmm. like, you know, Zeb gets rescued and then when Callus gets rescued, um, the only person that does anything is Agent Constantine who's like, hello, and he's like, hi, <laughs> and he walks away. Um, so I really quick wanted to bring that up because... In season three, we, we find out that there's a new fulcrum. Uh, <laughs> and as it starts, we don't know who that is. And so having, you know, that all come together, and especially with how much I love Thrawn, how Thrawn has pretty much already figured it out. He already knows who it is. He's like, all right, well, <laughs> I'm not going to out him yet. We're going to use this. <laughs> um and so, and we, we get that a lot in uh, in the zero hour episode of them actually coming in and like start kicking ass on <laughs> on their on their base. Uh, but season three is consistently great. Like it's ah, uh, there's there's almost I don't know. There's very few, if any, lulls in my opinion. Besides uh, maybe. Well, I, I don't know. <laughs> you know, because we, we get introduced to the Imperial Super Commandos and like... I love that episode. Yeah, it's 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 hard. It's, it's hard to say. We, we get more mall goodness, but, you know, I will go ahead and talk about, talk more about, about Twin Sons because we actually get um, the most fitting end for, for mall. Uh, a character who, in the movie that introduced him, had one line. <laughs> uh, or, sorry, two lines. You know, um, at last we will reveal ourselves uh, to the Jedi. Uh, at last we'll have our revenge. Um, and that expanded into this super interesting, highly intelligent, really well-developed character who was on his own journey um, of really just loss and revenge and and hatred and he was gl- almost glad when he died of like man i can finally stop <laughs> you know um you know freddie prince jr made the comment that uh you know voice of canon made a comment that maul is sisyphus the greek uh character who's cursed to push a, a big boulder up mm-hmm. a mountain to the top and then it rolls all the way down and he has to do that again over and over again for eternity and him finally being laid to rest uh, <laughs> in the arms of his enemy being cradled the same way Obi-Wan cradled Sabine, uh, not Sabine, uh, Satine, the same way he cradled yep. uh, Qui-Gon is just like, I don't know, it's just, just beautiful. I mm-hmm. mentioned a lot. Had to mention the, it here, but yeah. <laughs> the, the fact the fact that he that the fact that Obi Wan is such a, a a man of character that he showed him the man who killed the other two people that mattered most to him, 
that he showed him the same level of respect in his passing that he showed to his loved ones as they passed at his hand is it just speaks volumes. I mean, they, they, for the short brief moment that we got to see Obi-Wan in rebels, they expounded with such little time on his character so vastly. And it's incredible. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right. And we can jump into season four. Uh, which you'll notice uh, there are no skippable episodes in season four <laughs> on this list. Um, uh, but uh, Pat, yeah, what, what jumps out with you from uh, the season four? I would go with um, either Jedi Knight or A World Between Worlds. Um, just Jedi Knight, just for, just for the Kanan scene of how this, it was so beautifully done, like He's holding the for he's holding the fire back with one hand and pushing them away with the other, and he gets his vision back and is able to see Hera one last time after he professed his like they both said I love like oh it's so heartbreaking and then he he's like you know what I need to save you guys versus myself so he boom like saves them and then um, with the world between worlds just the, the it was such so cool to hear like you hear you heard. Uh, Maz talking to Ezra, like all these people talking, mm-hmm. and then the Ray. fact that he, yeah, Ray. Um, <laughs> you even you even heard you even heard dark side voices. You heard Kylo Ren in there too. Oh wow, really? Yep. Okay. Yeah. But the the even like um, you get to see. I think it was wasn't the sister there, the owl. Um, yeah, but, yeah, uh, Morai. Yeah. Um, but it was cool to see Ahsoka tell like just with her dealing with Ezra like. Ezra wanted to save Kanan, but he's like, no, you can't, you can't, mm. you can't save everybody. Yeah. Um, you can't save your master. Just like, yeah. I couldn't and save I can't mine. save mine. Yeah. It was, it was, it was a great episode. So, damn, yeah, the- damn onions. <laughs> 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 My eyes are literally watering, damn you. <laughs> uh, uh, Kev? Yeah, uh, all of those, you know, all of those ones that, that have me in have me teary-eyed uh yeah (laughs) damn you dave filoni for not only making (laughs) us not only making us watch kanan die in that manner but then making us watch it again in (laughs) the between world like hey i feel like dave just laughs at us like he just looks at you it's it's like dave is just like He's so good to us. He's so good to us. But at the same at the same time, he's just like he's just like, hey, I hurt you with this. You know what? I think I think I'm gonna let you off easy this week. Just kidding, bitch slap, you got hit again. Like you get to watch it twice. Like now you are in pain again. But no, it's um <laughs> I, I you know what I, I think honorable mention though I think that the whole wolves in a door scene and everything leading up even to the world between worlds how they mm-hmm. had to you know excavate and find the path into it was just as compelling as when they actually got there um, I, I thought I thought all of that entire sequence of especially especially that that was even more light into Sabine because her all of her knowledge of art and what all of it meant like really played a big part in how they figured out what they needed to do once they got there. And I, I, I think that was pretty fantastic. Yeah. And uh, Alyssa? 
Uh, season four is so good. Uh, I always have a hard time like choosing because I love the very last episode so much. But I also love the first two episodes, Heroes of Mandalore arc, because um, it explains, because, okay, I watched um, Rebels after I saw Mandalorian, so mm. I saw that Moff Gideon had the Darksaber, and I was like, oh, interesting, and then I watched Rebels, and then I realized Sabine gave it to Bo-Katan, and I was like, wait, it got me thinking, and it, I just think the, the Mandalore arcs are so interesting. Yep. Um, and the fact that, like, I don't know, I just love Sabine. I'm biased, so, like, if my favorite character's in an episode and everybody hates that episode, I'd be like, well, Sabine's in it, so I love it. (laughs) But the last episode... So you're wrong. Uh (laughs) You're wrong, actually. Um, I'm right because I said so. (laughs) Um, Yeah. But the, the very last episode, like, the last scene... I don't know. Oh, season four is a masterpiece. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Especially, whew, I just, just, just all of it. I mean, as you guys know, I'm, I'm like, I'm a big lore guy, um, like big time. And so for me, I, I just, I live in the world between worlds of like, like this, this is what the, the force like brings through this is, uh, there, there's, there's a, I've, I've mentioned it here <laughs> several times uh, on the podcast, mm-hmm. but there's a short story um, called Master and Apprentice by Claudia Gray, um, not to be confused with the novel Master and Apprentice, but she writes a short story that's in the, um, uh, from a certain point of view novel, and it's, it's uh, Qui-Gon's Force Ghost talking to obi-wan kenobi right before the events of a new hope and it's amazing and it's it starts with in qui-gon's mind of him separating himself from uh, from the from the collective that is being part of the force and reconstituting his body and he's talking about how time is not really a thing all time is concurrent to them at that point in time um point in time (laughs) um and how yeah so all of it's concurrent he's talking to obi-wan and he knows obi-wan is going to die soon but he's not sad about it because obi-wan's going to join him like as soon as this whole thing happens and watching the world between worlds is like the ultimate like visualization of that because like you said you're hearing these old masters voices and you're hearing people that aren't born yet all of this is happening concurrently and it's um it's the, the the will of the force that's really keeping things together but it also that entrance to the world between worlds was Sidious's purpose with Lothal from the very beginning and we so the Clone Wars showed us all the times that um, his plans were about to unravel and he had to do like a trick just to keep things going, you know, call up Padme and be like, hey, fly out to this random system for for no reason. Don't worry, you're not going to get kidnapped or whatever. <laughs> like <laughs> his plans almost unraveled so many times in the Clone Wars. This time it was the exact opposite of like, he almost won 
in that episode. You know what I mean? Like, if he gained access to the world between worlds, he wins. It's over. Um, yeah, I there's there's just so much deep lore, and then also I've I've love for for Doom, um, and when like, and it, Dave Filoni and his his freaking wolves. <laughs> it's just, yeah. Oh God! It's I know the whole thing's just so beautiful. But again, we can we can talk about this for uh, forever. Um, uh, and since you know, since we're on it, I actually want to hear your thoughts on the Mandalorian because we've been hearing these like potential leaks uh, that you know potentially Ahsoka's going to show up. We don't know if Sabine's going to show up or uh, who else. But these time periods. Um, you know, the Mandalorian is five years after uh, after Revenge, uh, uh, Return of the Jedi, and so we know that there there could potentially be overlap. It's in the future. I'm just curious your thoughts on what we might see and what you might want to see. Um, and I start with Pat this time, I believe. <laughs> um, I would like to. S- I would like to see just Boba Fett. Just as whether he's he doesn't need to have armor on or anything. He, he could be Boba Fett without the armor. I know it's apparently got was seen to be damaged somewhere, like a a rope, like because you know he was in the stomach or whatever. But just to have Boba Fett again and to fight like because we we didn't get him in we didn't get enough of him in the OG trilogy, so I wanted more of him. And just looking forward to finally getting that Boba Fett that everybody that 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 people are like, oh, he's only he's only in the movie for a little bit. Why do you guys love him so much? Because he's Boba Fett. That's why he has the Mandalorian armor. He's got the rocket on his back. He, he, I want more of him. So I'm hoping <laughs> that we get more of him, whether it's with the suit on or without the suit. Yeah, believe it or not, we love him because of the holiday special. <laughs> <laughs> That's where he was introduced. And he was pretty cool. Um, uh, Kev? I, I will say this. I agree with you wholeheartedly on the Boba Fett front. Um, I, I am in the camp of people who think that Boba Fett is overrated now. But hear me out. The thing is, I don't want him to be. I think that, the, I think that with what we have currently, it's like, I think that he's currently only overrated because we haven't actually got a chance to really see what he can do because they didn't use him enough. And I think that if they use him more and actually show off his potential better, we got it. We got a a good glimpse of it in the clone wars Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. until they, until they canceled the episodes where he killed Cad Bane. So, I mean, that kind of sucks a little bit. At least we have some knowledge of the fact that he's the one that offed him. But anyways, (laughs) I digress. I agree with you, though. I, I think that I think that we need more, so that way people don't have to feel that way anymore. People can look at it and be like, yeah. yes, this guy is fantastic, and we have reasons to say that he is fantastic because he shouldn't be overrated. He shouldn't be. I, I think that he's been underutilized uh, yeah. because he's got so much cool potential. Like He gave Vader sass. He, 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 he talked back to Vader. Like he talked back. He he talked back to Vader and lived. Yeah, like it doesn't and happen. Then, and then, and then, as far as we know, got killed by a blind man with a stick. 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen Chair? Uh, um, I'm just saying. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Wait. <laughs> Not that blind man with a stick, though. <laughs> I'm just saying. Blind man with sticks are forced. Blind men with sticks are definitely yeah. <laughs> when they're not Han Solo, um, <laughs> but yeah, the um, uh, as far as my theories for the Mandalorian, I, I've I have a small theory on how Ahsoka comes into play, and I I've I made a TikTok on this before on how I think it works out. I think that um, see, I know that they I know that they cast Bo-Katan to be on the show but that doesn't necessarily mean it's not going to be a flashback so either either she's dead and it's a flashback or she's alive and has been dramatically defeated to have the dark saber taken off of her so one way or another i think that ahsoka is coming back into the picture to try and help restore mandalore again like she did in <laughs> season seven I think that it just makes sense because they just made that connection so strong in season seven between Bo-Katan and Ahsoka. Why would they not bring that old friends back into play in Mandalorian to bring Ahsoka back to the fray? It yeah. just, it makes sense. It makes sense. Now, you know, you see the Darksaber, you see this all coming into play. That makes the most sense to bring Ahsoka back into the story. I think that that's, that's just, that seems like the most likely connection of plot points to me as to where they would be taking the story, as to why she would actually want to be involved. I mean, you're, you're making sense, man. Yeah, you are. <laughs> um, uh, Alyssa, what, what would you like to see? I mean, obviously, I want to see Ahsoka because <laughs> she's my favorite. Um Dang, that what Kevin just said, I hadn't even thought about that. And now I'm like, wait, oh my gosh. <laughs> um, yeah, I do want to see how Moff Gideon got the Darksaber because I feel like that's the big, one of the big questions that everybody's asking. Um, and then hopefully now that we know Bo-Katan and Ahsoka will most likely show up, we'll get that information. Um... I've also heard rumors that Sabine, like recently, people were saying that Sabine was rumored to show up, but I have no idea if that's reliable. Or... It would make sense because at the time when Rebels ends, Ahsoka and Sabine are together. So like, yeah, if Ahsoka shows up in Mandalorian, then shouldn't Sabine? But I have no idea. Um, we we don't even know when the trailer is coming out. Like we don't know anything. Um, <laughs> But yes, I do want to see that. And then I also want to see, I think it'd be so cute if like the child, Baby Yoda, had like this connection with Ahsoka. Like if if they like, if, if Din like found Ahsoka and is like gonna like kill her, but then the baby's like, no, dude. Uh -uh. <laughs> she has it, she has the thing. And he's like, wait, <laughs> wait. <laughs> she has the thing. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah no, there's I, probably I, more I'm missing I just can't think the way you just described that <laughs> <laughs> she has the thing <laughs> I could definitely see a situation where uh, something's wrong with, with mm -hmm. the child maybe the child's sick or something like that 
that has no idea who to talk to. Like, I don't even know what this is species wise. Um, and then Ahsoka's like, oh yeah, this is what's wrong with him. How do you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, he, yes. he, he told me <laughs> through, through the force. He like, told me. <laughs> you know, um, here's what I want to see. This is, this is a straight up, this is a long, long, long shot. But um, uh, for, well, for, for one, I do, I am excited to see uh, Bo-Katan, especially because um, her voice actress is the perfect age and everything. Like Katie Sackhoff has been the voice forever, and she, I don't know. And she looks be, the part. Like yeah. she's always looked at the mm-hmm. part. Yeah. Like it, it would just be perfect. But <laughs> here's the thing what I want, and it's because I also love Marvel, so st- stick with me. If Rosario Dawson is being Ahsoka Tano, I do want Sabine there, and I want her played by, and I know she was already in Star Wars, but very, very briefly, you couldn't see her, but Jessica Henwick. Yep. Um, I'm looking her up. Jessica Hinwick was very good. briefly in there as as Paige's um, as as Paige um, uh, what's her face's sister that died, right? But she played Colleen Wing in yep. um, Iron Fist. In Iron Fist, and she's a great martial artist. Like she has the physicality. Like she could do it for sure. All right, and then oh, the- yeah, her her sword play is incredible. Like in Iron Fist, when she does every, everything yeah. she does with swords. So oh the last God. thing that I want to tie it all together is them to come in and I've been trying to, because for some reason I can't remember the name of the character, uh, uh, San- Sana, Sana Staros. I want Sana Staros to also be in it. And I want her played by Simone Messick, who, <laughs> who plays Misty Knight in Luke Cage. So we have a reunion of the Daughters <laughs> of the Dragons yeah. Yeah. in Star Wars. And yeah. it was it would uh it would just be everything to me and when I, worlds collide yeah and <laughs> <laughs> but um uh overall though i actually do get a little worried right because i don't want i think the mandalorian is successful because it touches on all the things that we love mm-hmm. it plays it plays in the same sandbox but it doesn't touch any of the same toys right yeah. <laughs> um and once we get into this whole game of cameos i think they can detract from yeah i don't want it to pull away from it so as long as you know but and in filoni we trust yes that's exactly that was exactly, that's <laughs> exactly. exactly what i was about to say i was about to say you know what i i, I have the same worry but dave filoni Filo- knows what he's doing filoni yeah. is involved and favreau knows what he's doing too i yeah. mean so it's i i I, I trust those guys. I, I think they got a they got a good enough head on their shoulders. I make sure I pray to my Dave Filoni shrine every night before I go to bed. <laughs> uh, I don't have I don't I don't have my cowboy hat up here. I put it Dave on. Dave Filoni, please make sure Ezra's staying hydrated. Where? <laughs> and but can we can we also hope for the future a small like the child grows up to be a little Mandalorian with his little armor suit. A little a force, tiny one. A, oh a force-wielding Mandalorian with a suit on and a little jetpack. And that, that, that'd be so funny to see. <laughs> yes. Just a teeny tiny little guy. Running yes. <laughs> with a, a little tiny dark saber, like a little yeah. knife. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> 
like a dagger sized torso. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Oh man. I think oh my god. Second season, you know, I think uh Disney yeah. hire us. Um hire us, hire us. Call us in. Call us in. You got you got your new crew right here. <laughs> Oh, Actually, but... no, no. Seriously, please hire us. I'm unemployed. <laughs> <laughs> I'll relocate. <laughs> I'll drop out of school. <laughs> any Disney execs, if you are paying any attention to this, please. I desperately need a job. Uh... <laughs> I feel that struggle, but um... okay. So, so that's that's our, our thoughts for the for Mandalorian. Um, now. I know all of us want uh, a Rebels sequel, but let's let's just say in you know as far as Rebels, as far as the timeline, as far as Star Wars in general, uh, what do you guys want to see going forward? And uh, where can we find you? You know, like uh, so, give us your closing remarks. Where can we find your stuff? And I don't recall who I started with last time. Um, I think it's Pat's turn. <laughs> <laughs> Um, what I want to see going forward, um, I'm liking the, the, the TV shows, the, the series. Um, uh, I'm also looking forward to the High Republic, all that mm-hmm. stuff, all the, the younger Yoda and more of his, pro- well, closer to his prime, I guess. He's um, only 700, you know? Yeah, are we, are we getting closer to his, like a, a series about him and his prime where he's just like <laughs> a beast? Um, but yeah, the High Republic, I'd like to see... I mean, I don't think they could ever do a like a, a, a rated R Vader movie or a, like a rated R Darth Bane like movie or trilogy or something. I don't know. Um, but either the High Republic and and more TV series. I'm enjoying them right now. Absolutely. <laughs> and uh, Kev. Uh, oh, sorry, sorry, real, real quick, yes. uh, Pat. Where can we find oh. you? Uh, all the links are in my bio. Just search Slapknot84. I'm on everything. Um, yeah, that's it. Awesome. And uh, Kev? <laughs> um, the things that I'm looking forward to, um, honestly, I like I like where they've been going with, with video games, to be honest. Like, Jedi Fallen Order mm-hmm. had... I like the fact... Squadrons <laughs> is going to be cool. Squadrons is... I, I'm not much of a dogfight gamer but i want to play it for the story to be honest i'm i but this is the thing i like the fact that they're introducing games that are telling canon lore stories like fallen order adding a whole new backstory that tied directly in wasn't essential wasn't 100 percent necessary but was more good lore and i liked mm-hmm. it you know and it was it was fun to play the game mechanics were cool it was a good experience and a great story and I think that they've been managing that kind of thing pretty well. Like, I think that some of the new stuff they're coming out with is really, really beautifully done. And um, so I'm excited about that. And I also am excited about High Republic. I'm not much of a reader, but I am excited to see what other kind of media they come out with through the High Republic era. Yeah. Uh, I am on TikTok and Instagram at a underscore dude underscore named underscore Kev, a dude named Kev. And uh, currently I'm taking a bit of a posting hiatus. I don't know how much longer I'm going to take it, but I've been feeling a little discouraged on the good old TikTok at the lately. So I'm like not in the mood to post much. I don't feel like having the obligation. So, but I'm still there and I will be returning to posting eventually. So yeah, search yeah. it up. I, I will be there. 
and the beautiful thing is that uh, a lot a lot of Kevin's content is evergreen. So whenever you see it, it's great. He's actually one of the people that inspired me to to keep going and, and do my thing as well. So um, it's always appreciated. Thanks. I appreciate that, Brandon. Uh, but uh, Alyssa? What I want to see. Uh, I'm so... When I, like, watch something, I get so... I guess you could say obsessed. Like, right now, all that's going through my mind... Hyperfixation. Yes, yes, a hyperfixation. <laughs> all that's going through my mind right now is, like, Rebel Sequel, Rebel Sequel, Rebel Sequel. <laughs> but I know we're just... <laughs> We're just not going to hear about it anytime soon. Um, though I have heard rumors that it is happening. I don't know if they're true. Um, I'm excited about the Bad Batch. Just because yes. mm-hmm. I love the Clone Wars. So anything that has to do like with the Clone Wars that era and like the animation and the characters in it, I get excited about. Um, Mandalorian 2, uh-huh. obviously. How did I forget about the Bad Batch so quickly? Oh my I know. I feel like everybody <laughs> forgot about it. I forgot about it, and that that makes me sad because I'm like, man, that's it's another great <laughs> in, it's another great in betweener piece. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like Bad Batch is going to be the missing piece of the puzzle in between Clone Wars and Rebels. Yes, mm-hmm. it's supposed to mm-hmm. be taking place post Order sixty six, but pre Rebels, so you're going to get a little bit of that gap bridge there too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm excited for that, um, and then. Just Dave Filoni. <laughs> Please stop messing with me. I just want one thing. Games with my heart. <laughs> exactly. My heart. I'm just saying, there's so many things you could do with a Rebel sequel. Yes. Yep. So many. Mm-hmm. So, oh, man. Dave Filoni, he knows it too. And the. Yeah. <laughs> You know what? You know what? This is the thing, too. I honestly think that a good enough Rebels sequel could really help quell a lot of people's problems with the sequels. Yes. Because you could use a Rebels sequel to help pave the way to leading up to all the events of the sequels to where people would actually feel more connected. So they would understand... Yes. That there was something that happened that caused this mm-hmm. to be a connected universe. This isn't a disconnected yes. or disjointed event. This is, these are years in the making. These are things that slowly collaborated to happen. Exactly. You could put all of these events into place in there. You could even, you could throw in the events of, actually, speaking of that, and I'm, I'm sorry that we're getting on another tangent, <laughs> but uh, somebody, somebody threw a really cool theory at me. They said, do you think that potentially... Uh, one of the reasons why they have, uh, why the Empire or the remnants of the Empire are trying to hunt down Baby Yoda is because they are trying to figure out how to clone a Force-sensitive because Palpatine has already cloned himself, but it's unsuccessful. It's been unsuccessful, and they can't figure out how to get a successful clone. Mm -hmm. So they're trying to hunt down this Force-sensitive child in order to build him the clone that he needs to rebuild the empire. I mean, s- straight up, my assumption, even when the Mandalorian first started, because remember, they, they, they did get him back, and they took a sample from him. Mm-hmm. Um, my theory from the get-go was that 
that sample because his species is so long lived uh, that that was like baby Yoda stem cells. And that was, that's what was plugged into his neck. That's, that's been my theory mm-hmm. this entire yeah. time, you know? Uh, but I don't know who, who knows, who knows, but uh, you know, the guy that the, the Herner Warthog uh, had like the cloning symbol, you know, around his neck. So uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens for me. Um, personally like there's 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 so much other i mean you guys hit a bunch of nails on on the head uh, especially with um we have uh squadrons coming out that's a really interesting time period um although i didn't quite connect with the uh, alphabet squadron books they talk a lot about that period of like this is right after operation cinder where the emperor basically ordered everyone to burn everything down <laughs> and and there's you know mass people like trying to leave but there are certain remnants and that's what we're going to find out more and it's going to be uh hera and her squad versus um grand admiral um ray sloan and and hers that's super awesome bad batch like you said super excited for that because we've never seen anything from this time period just mm-hmm. after order 66 how is this being structured um we we know that the purge troopers in jedi fallen order are the last clones to to be uh to be created right they are clones um but were there more in between there i don't know how did, did the bad batch take out their chips because all of them are really like weird <laughs> um i don't think that they that they went through with it and most importantly did they run into quinlan voss because quinlan voss survived order 66 i need to know what happened to him um, i love dark disciple uh there's there's so much that we have to be excited for even within yeah. the time period that we already know not even talking about High Republic or going to Old Republic or finding out what could be happening in the future. But if I could make any show right now, what I would do is Luke's Jedi School. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think yeah. That would give context on the universe at that period of time. Um, it give people peak Luke, which is what they've been wanting. Uh, it could... the. The thing that was I find that I think was the drawback to resistance popularity was the lack of Jedi. Mm-hmm. I think that's what they the, want to see. <laughs> the, 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 and by lack, you mean the literal zero Jedi in it. Yeah. <laughs> like uh, there absolutely. was not even one solo scene with a Jedi at all. <laughs> nope, unless, no lightsabers, unless, no nothing. Unless, unless you count, you know, Kylo Ren at the very end. Yeah. <laughs> So if, if you did something about Luke starting his school and, and Luke, you know, going out to find Jedi artifacts and visit other Force-sensitive cultures, that, I think that's what we need. Yeah. And as soon as we get that, oh, that's, that solves everything. Yep. Yes. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, that's it. I want to thank you guys for, for joining me so much. This is uh, it's 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 a, such a treat. Like this is it always makes my week to to talk to you guys and I don't know. I I have a blast. I hope you guys hey, did as well. <laughs> I did. Awesome. Well, thank you guys for joining me. Thanks to everyone that's listening, and may the force be with you always. <laughs> <laughs>